Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, back in Better Than Ever Hour, number two, we begin. And I have been saying now for 30 years... The world of sports is better when the people in it are interesting. And there may not be anyone more interesting in the entire world of sports than the longtime owner of the Dallas Mavericks, Mark Cuban, who is also, of course, one of the stars of the show Shark Tank, which premieres this season tomorrow on ABC. Full seasons of Shark Tank available on Hulu. This is Hembo here, our researcher extraordinaire, and there he is, the legend, Mark Cuban. It's good to have you here in person. Thanks for having me back, Greeny. Great to see you. Always. Um, and, and as I said, one of the most interesting people, you know, I remember when you first bought the team. You remember back that far? Well, you were like the new guy in town. <laughs> like you the were the new kid then. on the block, yeah. and now you're one of the, to use the terms of the, of the day, like an old head around the NBA. Like, yeah. what, 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 but that's, <laughs> it's that's true, it but is. thank you, yeah. So what is that like? I mean, what, what, you were a guy who you came in and David Stern was finding you every 15 minutes. The other ones were trying, literally trying to kick me out. Yeah. They did not want me in. And so now being like the elder statesman almost... Um, I hate it. <laughs> in what way? Like, how has it changed the, your experience because and the influence new, because you Because it was new back then. Everything I did was different. Yeah. Right? And so I would, you know, whether it was being fine for just sitting on the floor next to the trainers or, you know, raising hell about the refs or trying to change this or that, everything was new. It was really a, a transition from the old school way of doing doing things to the digital way of doing things. Now, like there's hardly any new stuff being done, right? It's kind of the same stuff over and over. And that, you know, I'm, I'm just losing my creativity, I guess. I got to come up with the new stuff to distort everything. Well, the interesting piece to me, I think I've seen this a lot in this business, my, my business uh-huh. as well. Many of, if not most of the successful people in it, if they had listened to what the people when they started were telling them they needed to do, would never have wound up where sure. they were. Sure. So where do you get the guts? Where is a, a guy like you from Mount Lebanon, Pennsylvania, <laughs> yeah. who hits it huge in this brand new thing called the internet yep. and makes a bunch of money and buys an NBA team, and all of a sudden, the most powerful, wealthy people in the world are telling you, man, this, you can't act this way. Yeah. Why, why didn't that keep you from acting because that way? Because that's all I knew. You know, I mean... I, Every company I'd started it was disrupted of some level, even when I was 24 years old. And so it was like, well, this has worked for me. Why would I change? Because these old dudes are telling me I should change. So I, was, I told David Stern all the time, and, and he, to his credit, may you rest in peace, he said, just be you. I may have to find you. We may disagree, but just be you. And that's what I did. And, and I think that's a really good lesson for young people listening to this show, regardless of what your, in, your endeavor might be. Just be you is always a good piece of advice because if you try to be someone else it's, it's going to get not figured work. out yeah, yeah. yeah and plus but you got to be prepared like where i think i surprised a lot of the owners and everything is by doing things and they would get mad like before, when i got there there would be three or four coaches and that was it and i w- i told stern this i'm like look we spend more money on repairing pcs and training people how to use their pcs than doing training and development for our players 
that we're paying hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars to. So I literally, we have 15 players. I brought in 15 um, development coaches. The whole league went nuts. Um, but now that's all you see. Right. And so just same with analytics. My my college professor from Indiana University when I was 18 years old, Wayne Winston, I saw him on an episode of Jeopardy. Hmm. And had I not seen him on Jeopardy, I probably wouldn't have recognized him when he got my attention the first time after I bought the team. We played the Pacers. He's like, Mark, Mark, Mark. We started talking and he's like, I can do all this stuff with analytics and statistics. I'm like, great. Come be the first full time analytics guy in the NBA. Wow. And so there's stuff, you know, it's one thing to just be you and raise hell, but you got to do the homework first. That, that's a story I had not heard. Yeah. And you just made Hembo almost jump out of his chair. He lives <laughs> for numbers, guys. He is a data guy. All right, we're going to dive into a million different things here. But as I said a moment ago, season 15 of Shark Tank premieres tomorrow on ABC. Full seasons of Shark Tank are available on Hulu. Hembo, what did your wife just buy? I wanted to thank you personally. My wife just bought the Easy Peasy Toddler Meal Mats, this thing that she saw on Shark Tank. Cool. So we, we have twin girls at home. They're 13 months old. Thank you very much. Life is crazy. So, but like these things like suction to the table. So they can't flip over. Right, their, right, their right. Food. They can make a mess. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's changed my life. <laughs> so I wanted to say personally, thank you. Unfortunately, I didn't do that deal, but you're welcome. <laughs> to tell us about that. The Shark Tank is another thing that has become yeah. a phenomenon. I, who would have thought 20 years ago, people will be fascinated by how people make not deals. Me. Yeah, not Now me. everybody is. Yeah, so the show aired, um, premiered 15 years ago, and it would bounce around. Like, if Desperate Housewives wasn't on on Sunday night, they put Shark Tank in. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't on the first season. Then they came and said, okay, we're having Jeff Foxworthy as a guest host. Would you come in and do three episodes? And I'm thinking to myself, this is a business show. It's never going to last, mm-hmm. right? So I'm going to do my three episodes. And just like the NBA, I'm just going to come in and raise hell, right? I'm going to buy everything, do everything different. And the next thing you know, not just because of me, but it just starts taking off. And now, you know, we're 15 years in. If you would have told me then that a business show would last 15 years on primetime television, there would have been no way. But it's become iconic. And, and it's because people see an opportunity for yeah. themselves right. in it. So if, if, if someone is listening to this right now and, and has an idea or thinks yep. they might have an idea, what, what is the one if there is such a thing, thread of commonality uh-huh. amongst people who come up with ideas that might be good enough for something like so this. So the beauty of the United States of America is we're a country of entrepreneurs, right? All of us at one point in time have got that feeling in our stomach. I got this idea, right? And then you go, you look at Google, right? And, oh, there's nobody else that has it. And then most people stop. And so the difference is, you know, you've got to take that first step. You've got to step over the line, even if it means starting cheap. Like my first company, Micro Solutions, I had gotten fired. I was sleeping six guys in a three-bedroom apartment, sleeping on the floor, had no money, mm. and that's how I started my business. Damon John on the show calls it the power of broke. If you've got nothing to lose, that is the best time. When you have nothing, that is the best time to start a business because what's the worst thing that can happen? You end up with still having nothing. And so, you know, when it, to answer your question – do your homework, figure out a way that you can do it by yourself or with somebody you're close to. Take little baby steps and get the response and see if customers are interested in paying you money. And if they, they are, then you take another step, then another step. It's like I remember vividly being in the, the hellhole that I lived in hmm. and thinking to myself, okay, I've got 15000 in sales. Then I got 30,000 in sales. Then all of a sudden it was a million and I was hiring people. And just those little baby steps, that's what's worked for me. And so, you know, you don't have to all of a sudden go out and raise money. Well, I have this idea. I have to. No, that's, that's the, the back ass half words way to do it. Find something that you can create, something that you have the, the knowledge of that somebody else doesn't, a problem you can solve, and use that to help people and, and go out there and sell it. Stuff that is so interesting to me. Mark Cuban in with us here again, Shark Tank. 
uh, season 15 tomorrow night on ABC. Speaking of that, and then we will dive into, I promise, all of the regular NBA stuff. But this kind of thing interests... stuff going on in the NBA? (laughs) We had a big trade yesterday, seasons in a few weeks, tournament this year, all that stuff. I I will get uh, thoughts from you on all that. But I'm fascinated by the business piece of it. So I'm I'm in this industry long enough that I have now lived to see a time where sports has become by far the most valuable property on television. Mm -hmm. It is the only thing... Well, I shouldn't say only, but very close to the only thing that people watch... News and sports. ...when it's actually on. News, sports, and Shark Tank. <laughs> right, right. But even Shark Tank, you can watch it on Hulu. You know, I mean, that, that's... That it's, but you're not watching, you know, the, the Mavs season opener this year, Luca well, and Kyrie. You're not watching it next Thursday. You're watching it when it's on. Right, for sure. I mean, like someone said to me the other day, it used to be when every fall you'd see new primetime shows and you knew exactly what was premiering on mm-hmm. which ep- and which network, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is what was going to be on ABC and excited about this new show. Those are all on streaming now. And, every, you know, the best scripted shows go to streaming. The best reality shows and sports and news, that's what's on network television and cable, and that's why sports is blown up. Yeah, and, and so where does it go from here? As one of the... People who I think has had a vision that many have not. And now, as I mentioned before, you've been joined by a lot of other young, yep. tech-centric, forward-thinking people in your business and, and, you know, the other sports and basketball, football, whatever it is. Like, and from 35,000 feet, where does right. it all go from here, in your opinion? You know, it comes down, there's a hierarchy of content, hierarchy of platforms for sports that are being created. So right now... Network television and cable and traditional linear television, sports are driving it. So in order for the 70, there's only, what, 70 million homes now that are on linear television compared to the 120 million that used to be. But for those 7 million, 70 million homes and the, um, the distributors of, of video content that support them, they need sports. And that's great for our business in the short term. But on the flip side, as cord cutting continues, then that, how low will that 70 million number go? Will it go to 40 million? Will it go to 20? Or will it possibly pop up because of gambling and people don't want to see the buffering when they've got money on the games? Yeah. Can, they, you know, can, can it increase? So that's the unknown right now. And if that number goes up, that's great for us. If that number goes down a little bit, that's okay for us. If that number goes down a lot, then everything has to transition to streaming. And when it transitions to streaming, that's a different hierarchy, right? Because you've got um, Amazon, who pays for everything through your Prime membership, doesn't really, sometimes now they'll charge a little bit extra for, for streaming content. But how, you know, is Amazon willing to put out a lot of money for sports content? They've shown a little bit. Apple, on the other hand, they make their money from subscriptions, but it's built on the Apple infrastructure and mm-hmm. platform ecosystem. Will they spend more money on it? And can you pit Amazon versus um, Apple and maybe Netflix and Disney? And is, are four competitors enough? Well, there were four broadcast networks. And is that enough to sustain going forward? And so if there's enough competition and demand there for sports, that's great for our business. If there's not, that's the challenge. Now, this is for the advanced class now, but I find it <laughs> fascinating. I hope people are as interested in this as I am. Okay, let's get into the business of the NBA here. So sure. a lot of fans, I think, have spent the last, I don't know, few months hearing about an in-season tournament. Uh-huh. And as hard as we have tried at ESPN to explain exactly what it is, I'm sure there are many who do not. Right. So tell us about the in-season tournament and your thoughts on what it will bring. I mean, it's just like the World Cup 
put into into the NBA, right. right? Where there's groups and you play out of your groups, and then if you win enough and get enough points, then you carry on. And it's going to be interesting. It's fun, right? There, there's no downside to trying it. There's only upside. And there'll be, you know, early in the season, what's interesting, on that first, those first couple games of the season are always like playoff games because people are trying to establish themselves mm-hmm. and prove who they are. And the in-season tournament is early enough where you still have those teams where you're going, wow, we didn't expect them to be that good. And without the in-season tournament, they don't get a really a chance to prove themselves to be good. So it's a chance for the upstart teams to prove themselves. It's a chance for teams that haven't got off to a good start to prove themselves and really build their confidence. Or it's a chance to confirm the teams that we thought were bad are bad. Mark Cuban with us here. Another thing that I saw what was put in recently was some more rules governing players resting when they're healthy and mm-hmm. all that kind of thing. And it, this has been a big topic, of course, for a lot of fans. So I, I, would, I would sort of give you the floor in general mm-hmm. on it. How would you describe it relative to how big a problem it is or isn't and where you think it goes from here? You know, I don't think it's as big a problem. I think um, it's amplified a lot on social media because when a, a star doesn't play and somebody wanted to see him or they're betting money, gambling has impacted a lot mm-hmm. of our perception on everything, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not just about I want my team to win anymore. Um, it's about, well, what's, what's the spread? What are the odds? Am I going to win? What's my parlay? How does it impact it? You know, what, what's this bet or that bet? And so you've got to take that part out of the equation. And I think, like with us, it's not really about just resting to rest. It's all science, right? The question becomes, how can we put the best team on the court that's in a position and ready physically to play in those games, you know, when it was mono on mono in the 80s and 90s and they were traveling commercial and everybody was doing it the same way, there really wasn't a lot of science behind it. Mm. It was just like, oh, you know, you pulled a muscle, wrap it up, put some heat on it, then put some cold on it. And it's just like what your mom said when you were in high school playing football, mm. right? Eat some steak and potatoes and you'll be fine. Mm. Now we have science to back these things up. And it's about making the best decisions there with the goal of having the best possible team on the court when you really need to have that team on the court. Mark Cuban with us in our studio here on ESPN Radio. Again, Shark Tank premieres tomorrow night on ABC. NBA uh, season will tip off October 24th. And and yours is, as always, one of the more interesting teams. I want to ask you about two of the players in particular. Kyrie Irving has obviously become one of the most talked about people in sports in so many ways. He's now been on your team for some period of time as you've gotten to know him. Tell the world about the Kyrie Irving you know. I like Kyrie, right? Um, Kyrie has matured. Look, we all benefit from our life's story, right, and the things we experience. And I talked to Kyrie a fair amount, um, and we'll have long, deep conversations where I spend a lot of time listening, and there's things we agree on, things we disagree on, but he's, he's well-spoken spoken, and he's smart. And I think Kyrie has not been in the situation where people just respect him for him, you know, and he wants to be more than just a basketball player, which I respect. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's the Kyrie, the person side of it. Kyrie, the professional athlete that plays for the Dallas Mavericks, he knows this Lucas team. You know, he knows the narrative about him. He's not dumb. He's smart. And he recognizes that, you know, he's got to fit and play within, you know, the role he has relative to Luka in order for us to be successful. And if we're successful, Kyrie's successful. Mm -hmm. And so he knows where he's at in his career. And we've had those conversations, and he's blunt about it. I'm blunt about it. But, you know, he'll, he'll say to me, look, I really appreciate you listening, and I really appreciate you respecting my point of view as opposed to just trying to change it. 
And I think that'll work out well for us. And then, and then Luca, because I mean, the gifts great. are ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, tell me about him. Yeah, the gifts are, you know, to say they're ridiculous is an understatement, right? right? Um, he's just the most talented player of the NBA, and he hasn't begun to scratch the surface of what he can do. And I think he was humbled last year, and that didn't sit well with him or any of us. And he's come back a man on a mission. And just Luca and four guys named Mo can beat a lot of teams in the NBA, right? That's how good he is. And, um, <laughs> there's an old song. That yes, Hembo has no idea what you're talking about, but I do. Yeah, yeah, word for it. Yeah, yeah Joe Jackson. But, um, but in any event, so he's ready to play, right? And he's understood and worked on his leadership skills, on the things he has to do with his body. Um, he knows, right? He's, not, he's a smart kid as well. And you just, you know, Jokic said it best. You know, he said something where first you got to lose, then you win, and then you're humbled and you lose again, and then you learn how to win, and then you learn how to be great. Mm. And I don't know if that's verbatim what he said, but it's approximately what he said. And that's what Luca's going through. And there's so many similarities between their careers, both Balkan guys, you know, Serbian and Slovenia, a lot of the same common backgrounds. Um, and so I think just seeing Luca as he matures – it's just a joy to watch. And just, you know, we started practice yesterday because we go to Abu Dhabi, so we're early. Mm. And just so far, so good. I mean, just his leadership skills, his commitment. I mean, all the things that you know are there, he's just amplified them for everybody else to see them. All right, one last thing, Mark, before we let you go. Uh, and you'll, Mark will be on first take and everything else coming up in a few minutes. But Hembo does every day a daily trivia question, so let's see. <laughs> I'll take my guess. You'll take your guess. Let's see how we do. Go. Who is the only player with three 50-point games in the playoffs since 2000? I cut this off post-Michael Jordan. The only player to score 50 points in three playoff games since 2000. Dirk. He's on record as saying Dirk. Okay. So I know Hembo. He's sneaky. He's going to make it a Maverick. So the question is, how many of them did Luca have that one year That one year in the bubble when he, when he, he hit went those nuts. shots? Yeah. He, yeah, went he went crazy. Nuts. Uh, but I don't think he would have had three 50-point games. All right, I will go with him. I will go Dirk Nowitzki. That's incorrect. Oh, no. Oh. Dirk did have one. I that was two. He, Dirk had one. That was the in 2006 against, against Phoenix. Houston. Against didn't he Phoenix. have one in Houston, too? No, no not in the playoffs. Okay. Allen Iverson had three. The correct answer to this question is Allen Iverson, who had three with Philadelphia between 01 and 03. So you gave us a question that wasn't a Mavericks answer. Right? I, kind of, I thought it was a setup, too. Sneaky Hambo. Oh, Hambo. Sneaky is right. You're fired. Right. <laughs> Again, you can... <laughs> thanks, for the, uh, thanks for the baby year, though. Yeah, <laughs> Again, Shark Tank tomorrow night on ABC. The whole season's on Hulu. Mark Cuban, the NBA season tips off in a couple of weeks, and he'll be on first take in a few minutes. Pleasure to see you. Always Thank great. You thanks always. for having me on. Hambo, thanks for you got it. support. Right. <laughs> Back in a moment on ESPN. Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com greenie today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. 
H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. If you miss any of our show, you can catch up anytime on the Greeny podcast. It's available every day, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, the beginning of hour number two, if you are listening to it there, will be Mark Cuban. We just had him in here for about 20 minutes. Um, what an incredibly interesting person. I, I always say at the end of the day, I'm in the interesting business. And over the now 20 years or so that he has owned the Mavericks, I have found him to be one of the most interesting people in sports. And there have been a million things he's done that I've loved. There's been some many, some number of them anyway, that I've disagreed with. But at no point have I stopped finding him incredibly interesting. And I hope that that came through in that conversation. The business stuff is stuff that I'm personally very interested in. I have no idea how interested everyone is in that stuff. The, the NBA topics that we really got into beyond Kyrie and Luca were the in-season tournament, which I think a lot of fans, until it starts happening, no matter how hard we try, won't fully understand it. And I'll be fascinated to see how much people attach themselves to it. Me too. Um, one thing that American sports fans have long said is, like, we should try relegation in our leagues. Like, that's always, like, the first thing people want to say when teams are doing badly. But this is the first time that one of our big leagues, has actually tried something unique and different. And these are leagues that are, in some cases, more than a century old. So I'm fascinated to see. I agree with you. Like, I'm not so sure that it'll be that easy to sink our teeth into, but it definitely can't hurt. And what I, I liked what Mark said. Like, innovation is so important. And if you're not at least trying, you're not giving yourself a chance at real improvement. So I think the NBA is shooting a shot here, and I'm very curious and excited to see where it winds up. Yeah, he said it. There is no downside. If, if people don't attach themselves to it in a, in a really significant way, they've lost nothing. And if they do, then there's nothing but upside. So for the casual sports fans around the country, aside from their local teams, like the NBA season almost unofficially kicks off at Christmas. And so this provides the NBA with a hook two months, almost two months before that. And I think that is just an objectively good thing for the league to generate interest before that. Yeah. As far as how the NBA is doing, having hosted the shows for the last couple of years, I will have people talking to me about that all the time. The NBA is doing unbelievably well. And the people who believe it isn't, I think, are doing so or saying so because they're making a comparison to pro football. Pro football is, 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 is a religion in our country. Nothing is going to be as popular as pro football. But that's like saying... 
Is this guy rich? Well, he doesn't have as much money as Jeff Bezos does. Well, you can be plenty rich and not have as much money as Jeff Bezos does. Um, So is the NBA the NFL? No, of course not. But it is still, I think, doing extraordinarily well and positioned to only do better um, from a business perspective. We talked about the... um, we talked about the resting issue and the science part of that is one that is always going to be in the middle of the conversation because what Mark is saying, and I understand it is our doctors our, or, or whatever scientists are physical, whoever it is that studies this stuff, physiologists, I don't even know what that would be, um, are, are telling us if a player has this injury, then he is this likely to get better if he waits this long to come back and all that. And the players have a vested interest in that because they want to extend their careers. And the owners have a vested interest in that because they're paying incredible amounts of money to these guys. And so they don't want them to get more hurt. They'd rather they miss one game now or three games now than miss three months later. And I get that. The other side of it is, and I've said it a million times, if I bring my kids to go see the Golden State Warriors – when I bought that ticket and, and, and my kid and I, let, let's say that I'm someone for whom the amount of money that cost is meaningful. Like that's a big day. Like I'm taking the kids and we're going to see Steph and we're going to see Clay. We're going to see Draymond. We're going to see all these guys that we see on TV all the time. That's what you're buying a ticket to. You're not buying a ticket to an NBA game. You're not buying a ticket to see the Golden State Warriors. You're buying a ticket to see those guys. And if those guys don't play, then you are disappointing your customers. And that's the part of it that I will never be able to square, no matter what the other side of it is. So I'm happy they're working towards finding more and more solutions, and I hope they continue to. The ticket buyers are half the equation. Well, I should say a third of the equation. The other, another third of the equation is the, the TV watchers. And then what Mark mentioned that's so important is the gambling community. That is enormous. One of the huge, one of the big reasons why I think this will remain at sort of the, the, the center of discussion is the fact that more money will be spent on each of those games gambling than will, than will be spent buying tickets. And if I'm betting on the game, it's very important that I know for sure who is, who is and isn't playing. And if the league, are, the league is going to continue to wrap its arms around this as, as a way to make money for themselves, there has to be transparency with the fans that are putting their hard-earned money on the games and the players themselves too. That's an important point. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. We are live from the Seaport, brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. So, again, our thanks to Mark for being here in studio with us. We're not uh, allowed to ask him. I mean, we're allowed to ask it, but he can't comment. For anyone wondering, well, why didn't you ask him about the Damian Lillard trade? That trade isn't even official yet. He can't comment on it. And so I've never felt it was worth wasting the time just so I could say I asked him about it. Um, but we certainly can comment on it. And so an enormously significant trade was made yesterday afternoon. It's a three-team deal. By now you know all about it. And, and the biggest piece of it is Damian Lillard going to Milwaukee. The second piece of it is Drew Holiday, for all intents and purposes, becoming available to the highest bidder. Let's start with him because he, he isn't going to be the viewed by most people as the entree in this. He's going to be viewed as the appetizer. But he may very well wind up being the most important piece. Drew Holiday is a winning player. I love that guy. Drew Holiday does everything. He doesn't do any one thing so well that he gets the attention that he deserves. I really wanted to vote for him for third-team All-NBA because I just think he's that good every night. 
And when you need him to lock down the other team's best player, he does it. When you need him to get you 12 assists, he does it. If you need someone to knock down big shots for you late in games, he does it. If you need him to score 25 for you to win that night, he can do it. So I'm a huge Drew Holiday fan. Portland is making no secret of the fact that he's just having a cup of coffee there. And they're not going to be asking for star players in return. They're just asking for draft picks. So the usual suspects, Boston, Miami, the Knicks, I've heard, kicked around a little bit. And, and, and the other usual suspects become the Clippers, maybe, become the teams to talk about with Drew Holiday. Two other teams I want to throw at you. The Warriors and the Sixers. Both of those teams, I think, should also be as a part of the conversation, maybe, just maybe, the, the, uh, the Clippers and the, the, the Blazers and the Sixers can get together and say, maybe we can figure out a three-team trade to get James Harden to the Clippers, which has been long talked about, and to get Drew Holiday to Philly. And I'm also fascinated with the idea of Drew Holiday playing alongside Steph Curry as a potential perfect Perfect running mate for him to take off a lot of the defensive uh, responsibilities. And he, I mean, he would average 10 assists a game in that offense. Don't they have Chris Paul? They do have Chris Paul. So where does that fit? And I mean, Chris Paul, he's going to start, isn't he? I mean, are you not going to start? Is Chris Paul going to be on your team and he's not starting? He could also be a part of that trade. Like, that, there's so many fungible things here. If you have the opportunity. You're going to trade Chris Paul again now? He's, an, he's a potential expiring contract down the road, too. Yeah, like no, this. I hear you. I understand I'm, that. That would I'm, make I'm just trying to catch up with all the things that are happening NBA in this scenario. are just always so weird because the assets are never like for like. That, that's what's so hard about this. So I think the, the more instructive exercise is to put Drew Holiday on the teams that we think he might make a huge difference and then backtrack from there. I, I hear you on that one. I mean, I, I think that the Celtics are a team in which he would make a huge difference. I think he's exactly what they didn't have last year, and that's how they lost to Miami. Yeah, I think that's a package that might have to include Derek White. I don't know that they would be willing to trade Derek White, but I think Drew Holiday— Probably trade Derek White for Drew Holiday. Here's the thing, though. Drew Holiday is a one-year rental. Well, he's a player option for next season, so you're only guaranteed one year. So it could be a scenario in which you, you know, trade for him and sign that extension sometime during the season. But if you're going to forfeit future assets for a player, you want to know for sure that he's going to be on your team for more than one year. All right, fair enough. And then let's talk about Dame. Does the pairing of Dame Lillard and Giannis make Milwaukee the NBA's best team? Are they now the favorites to win the championship? Well, the immediate answer to that second part is yes. Vegas vaulted them ahead. They were they had the fourth shortest odds. Am I getting this right? They had the fourth shortest odds yesterday at this time, and now they have the shortest odds. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. He made that much of a difference with how the odds went. And it makes sense. I mean, it makes all the sense in the world. I mean, the Bucs had the best record last season. Now, obviously, they, uh, Giannis got hurt in the first round, and, that, and there, there went that. But I think this is actually kind of a genius pairing. I didn't think that much about it this summer because it was all day into Miami, but I think it could be a genius pairing because... If Giannis has one weakness, if there's any weakness, it's his ability to shoot, the, to shoot jump shots and his ability to finish games because he's such a bad free throw shooter. Damian Lillard is the perfect elixir for that. So Giannis is going to win you the first 40 minutes of the game. But I think Damian Lillard, who's one of the most clutch players we have ever seen, can win you the last eight. Are you buying what I'm selling? Yes. I also think that their weakness over these many years was twofold. One of them is they did not have three-point shooting. The one thing Drew Holiday is not is a great three-point shooter. Name me right now with Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal out of the conference. Who's a better three-point shooter in the Eastern Conference than Damian Lillard? You'd be hard-pressed to find one. There is one. At least in terms of volume, yeah. They go go from a team that didn't shoot threes at all to now having, I think, the best three-point shooter in their entire conference. And then Giannis is the best player, but he has been completely wrongly used 
because for whatever reason, they felt the need to play him on the perimeter, play him away from the basket. Maybe he wanted to do that. He's taken bad shots. He shoots threes. They got a new coach who will hopefully put him under the basket where he belongs and put Lillard out there, and I think they can become an extraordinary one-two punch. You know I love whenever I can. So you're ready for the draft? So that was my fault. I hit that by accident. <laughs> Contextualize everything I can historically. And so I want you to, I want you to tell me if, if this is a fair comparison or not. So I see a lot of shades of Oscar Robertson here. So Oscar achieved like everything an individual could possibly achieve in his first 10 seasons in the NBA in Cincinnati. And then he went to Milwaukee at, to at, play with Jabbar and won a title. In his first season, at almost the exact same age. If not for that, he'd be considered That's like, good. the best player to never win a title. That's good. It changed, oh, he would be by far the best player to never win a title. It, it changed the course of his legacy, of history. And Damian Lillard, I don't think, is, is quite at that level historically. But no. like, that's a pretty, that's a like-for-like like thing that happened to Oscar him. Robertson, before the modern age of basketball, was... I mean, the best players in basketball history from his era would be like Russell and Chamberlain. If you're going to exclude the centers who are just playing a different game, Oscar Robertson was the best player in history. At that time, if you had said, who's the best player that ever lived, it would have been Oscar Robertson. Now, Damian Lillard is certainly not that, but he's uh, not the best player of his own era, but he's a terrific player, and I do love the pairing. So I think that they become right there. The key, as usual, is does Giannis stay healthy? And if he does, then I think they are the team to beat right there with Boston. You just touched on something that I wanted to ask you because it's near and dear to you. Is Harden going to play for the Sixers? I think so. Despite what he says publicly, he doesn't have a better option. Like, the Sixers actually tried. No one wants James Harden. Why would you? Like, why would anyone want to, to take James Harden? No one has misread his own market worse than James Harden. His best leverage, which you should also say to any NFL running back, is just to play and play well. That's, that's his best shot. If he actually wants to go play elsewhere, play and play well, make sure your value is as high as possible, and then sometime during the season, maybe it can happen. One other thing I wanted to mention, I just saw it in yesterday's notes. Yesterday's, they send out uh, at ESPN every couple of hours something we, that's called the hot list, and um, it's just got all of the biggest sports headlines, and it's, it's, it's the way that all of us who work here kind of catch up with what's been going on on a given day if we've been away from the phone. And I saw in the hot list last night that the Clippers are saying that both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are healthy. They've had productive off seasons and they're ready to go. What does that, my question is, what does that mean? Does that, is the expectation that Kawhi Leonard is going to play 70 games this year? Is there any chance of that? None. Zero. Zero. There's this, it, Will he play the 65 it takes to be an all-NBA player? No, that's too, that's too many also. I mean, he, Kawhi Leonard makes his own decisions. Like, the, the Clippers have seemingly no say in this. They're talking about giving extensions to those guys? Would you even consider that? What other choice do you have? You're moving into a new arena. Who, who are you going to sell? Terrence Mann? Who are you going to sell? Someone who's not playing? I would rather have Terrence Mann on the floor. I gave you Terrence Mann or the Invisible Man. You're not putting Terrence Mann on the side of the bus on, on the billboard. You're just not doing Which, it. Yeah, but you can put the other guys on the side of a milk carton because they're never playing. You never see them. The league actually mandated that the, that the players have to sit on the bench so that fans can at least see them. 
That, that, they actually had to put that in the rules. It's true. So, I mean, it's true. I, I wouldn't do it under any circumstances. Are those guys ever going to be healthy to play again? No, you can't count on it. At this point. Hell no. We, I mean, Kawhi's, you know, 2019 in Toronto, that lightning in a bottle, that's the, that's the apex of his career. Everything else that has since happened, I, I'm afraid it's just always going to end with these injuries that we can't agree on whether or not they're legitimate or not. All right. Delighted with the reaction we got to one thing yesterday. I'll tell you what it was next on ESPN Radio. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. So an interesting point is being made. If you go to Instagram and you go to my page at ESPN Greeny, I just posted a very nice picture that Brandon took of me and Hembo and Mark Cuban. Nice picture. And it's up there. And, you know, I wanted to... Tell Mark I appreciated him coming in. He's someone I've always liked. And so the picture is from left to right, Hembo, and then Mark Cuban, and then me. Nice picture. Again, at ESPN Greeny on Instagram. If you look at it, which I hadn't done until someone, the first one started pointing at it, now many people have been pointing it out, I'm getting a lot of, what is going on with Hembo's hair? What? It, it does seem to me, your hair is very tall, like, however tall you are, right now your hair is just pointing straight up. You got to see this picture. Like, like Bubba, do you see what I'm talking about? Bubba stepped out, but Bubba actually pointed out this earlier in the show that he was distracted by how tall Hembo's hair was. Hembo, how tall are you? Like, what would be 5'11". 5'11". Right He's 6'7 now. The, now. the top of your head has got to be 6'3". No, this is not that much hair. It is straight. It's not that much. It's just pointed straight up. How do you get it to do that? It's it doesn't, a lot this of hair. Is, my hair just grows straight up. No, there's and no out. chance of that. There's this no not- chance of that. Your head is like a chia pet. There is no way in the world that your hair just goes straight up and stays there Every like day that. there's something, whether it's the shirt, whether it's the pants, whether it's the hair. I need you to let me live. At, let at, me live. At some point, maybe you'll get the hint. 
that we're trying to help you here. We're working on the shirt and the pants and the hair. We need to figure this out. Your hair is very tall. I mean, it's, your hair could be a center in the NBA. It's so I don't tall. have a haircut schedule until next Friday. Can I last seven days, eight days? What do you think? Just lay it down a little bit. It can doesn't you, lay down. Can you, can you part it a little? Can, it just looks like it's all just pointed he straight up. He has a flat up. top. You do. It's like a flat. It's, I, I, don't, I don't know how to describe it. It's, this is just how my hair is and how my hair grows. There's a, only a little bit of product in the front. Not, everything else is untouched. I'm not kidding. What should I do? What should I do? I don't know, but something. Because Not like, this? It, it's just flying in. How is that the first reaction to you posting a picture with a billionaire? What like, is, my hair? Is, That's yeah. how distracting it is. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Mark just looks like a person. Okay. You, I don't know. You look like a, like a pencil with an eraser on the top of it or something. <laughs> like, I can't describe it. It's, it's just a very strange. Anyway, anyone, if you go to that, you'll find it there. Again, ESPN Greeny on Instagram. I also have it on Twitter and on uh, Threads. And, and if you go there, tell me if that isn't the first thing you notice. In fact, comment on it because I want Hembo to read them. And more importantly, I want Lizzie to read them because you'll listen to her. Like, you won't listen to me. Why should you? But you'll listen to her. I will. Because she's in charge of a lot of things that matter a lot more than the things I'm in charge of. So you need to listen to her, and she will finally uh, talk some sense into you if you read some of these comments. Okay, fair enough. But at some point, at some point, we need to put my appearance to the side. Focus on the things that matter here. Like baseball? Like baseball. Okay, green light. Let's do that. I'm ready to go right now. Green light, green light. with Greeny. Give me the green light. I'm giving Hembo the green light. Obviously, a lot of football because we're in the midst of that. And then we had the Damian Lillard trade. We dove into that. Thank you to everybody for the really nice reaction we got to our Brooks Robinson conversation yesterday. That was heartfelt and meaningful. We are a show that appreciates the legends that baseball seems to create in its own way kind of differently from almost any other sport, but there's not even any reason to compare them. Sports legends mean a lot to people. Brooks Robinson meant a lot to both of us, even though neither of us really remember him as a player. Um, and, Hembo, the reaction we got to that discussion yesterday was really nice. Yeah, it, really, it was really encouraging because it's not always obvious to me if – if the, if the audience, if others, cares for and loves sports history as much as I do, as much as we do. But I received more affirmation and positive feedback about that conversation than almost anything we've done the entire week. So it's, I guess it's, it's sort of, it's nice to know, it's nice to learn that this stuff matters to you too. And, and that the, the audience that we have cares so much about the history of sports too, not just what's happening right now. And that's really what makes sports beautiful in some sense is that you can always compare something that's happening now something that's happened before, although in his case, Brooks Robinson is almost incomparable. Okay, so, so here we are. We have made our way all the way to the end of the baseball season. We're going right down the home stretch here. What are the things the baseball fan needs to know heading into the beginning of a weekend? Ronald Acuna Jr., the Braves right fielder, just accomplished something remarkable yesterday. He became the first player in the history of Major League Baseball to hit 40 home runs and steal 70 bases in a season. Greeny, no one had ever done 40-50, and no one thus had ever done 40-60. Ronald Acuna Jr. hit 40 homers and stole 70 bases this season, and I need to debunk a narrative. There's all sorts of people discrediting what Ronald Acuna did this year in terms of the stolen bases because of the new rules. What I would say to all of you is shut up. This is an incredible accomplishment, and I will contextualize it in this way. So in 1982, Ricky Henderson stole 130 bases. That is baseball's modern era record. That dates to 1900. That season, those 130 steals represented 56% of his team's total. 
Again, Ronald Acuna stole 70 bases this year, and those 70 bases represent 55% of the Braves' total. Don't sit here and tell me that he's only doing this because of these rules changes and thus we should discredit them. Has that helped? Sure. But he's taking advantage of this as much as, if not more than, anybody else by a long shot. When something like this happens, we should celebrate it and not undermine it. All right, they've won 102 games this year. There are not a lot of races for divisions that are uh, the National League. There are no races. Um, but the question that most of my friends have is, are the Cubs going to make the playoffs? I don't think so. The Cubs are playing so badly right now. Right now, uh, the Miami Marlins, I think, have the inside track to getting that last playoff spot in the National League. It's really sad for Cubs fans who enjoyed a great summer at Wrigley Field. The Cody Bellinger came on strong. The pitching staff improved. Dansby Swanson was great in year one. They played great defense this season. This team played great over the course of like three months. A great run differential, and it's all crumbling down right now. They, they, they lost two really tough games in Atlanta over the last couple games. And I think it's going to wind up uh, ending on a really sour note, which is really surprising because if you had asked me two weeks ago, maybe, I would have said the Cubs are really live, alive and well to potentially even win the pennant. They were playing that well, but it's been a streaky team all season long and sort of puts a, a damper on what was a great summer in Chicago. It's not helping that the Bears are What else? Quickly, for the fans who are sort of buckling in here and haven't paid a lot of attention, what remains to be decided on this last four days? An awful lot needs to be decided. This is the genius of Major League Baseball's new playoff format. So, like, There's so much at stake. So Right now, the Tampa Bay Rays have locked up the, the first wild card in the American League, but the Blue Jays and the Astros are only separated by a half game in the wild card race in the American League, and Seattle's a game and a half behind that. So we have all those teams in the thick of it. You mentioned the Cubs. Right now, the Cubs and the Marlins have, the, have an identical record, and that's determining the last spot in the National League. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, a lot of traditional baseball fans, talked over the previous few seasons about how this would, uh, this would almost dilute the playoff field. And while it is true, having more playoff teams mean we have worse teams competing for a championship, it has made this one of the best Septembers baseball has had in recent memory. And to me, that is absolutely a trade-off worth making because not only are these games so great, but teams are going for it at the trade deadline two months ago. We saw many of these teams right around 500 do that. Greeny, it's been a great last couple months for the sport. This has been a, a great season for baseball as it has enjoyed a renaissance with a lot of these rules changes. Uh, attendance has absolutely exploded. The postseason is, is going to be amazing. Yep, looking forward to that. And, and our best wishes to our old friend Terry Francona, whom we got to know all the way back for me to his days when he was managing the Birmingham Barons who had a star outfielder by the name of Michael Jordan. And obviously since then, he's become one of the best known and most beloved people in the sport, managing the Red Sox, managing the now Guardians all these years. Um, and and whatever he wants to do into the future, go back to broadcasting, which he was terrific or whatever it is. He's one of the really terrific people you'll ever come across. So uh, we all wish him the best as he um, works out the final weekend of his career. And then we will see you back in Better Than Ever tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.